This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wayne Bryan, Producing Director, Music Theatre of Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2021. And have you officially retired now? Is that correct? Well, uh, actually, I have uh, surrendered my position as producing director. I'm now producing advisor, so I'm still tied to Music Theater Wichita. And by the way, no of in our name anymore. That got thrown out a few years ago. We streamlined a little bit. So we're just Music Theater Wichita. And uh, yes, I'm I'm out in California right now uh, where I I bought a home during COVID. And I thought it was going to be like a second getaway kind of place but it turns out to be a very nice place to be so i'm here but i'll be back in wichita next summer how about that well listen i I apologize for that uh, of that i threw in there i'm about (laughs) i'm usually about eight to ten years behind the trend of anything that's going on so we're lucky we can get that not a problem (laughs) how many years have you been a uh uh how many years you've been with music theater i I did 34 seasons 34 seasons. So you must have come to work here in Wichita maybe when you were about 11 years old, something like that. (laughs) No, I had just turned 40 when this whole thing began, and uh, I started on April Fool's Day, 1988. So why why have you decided to, looks like, sounds like semi-retire if you're going to be consulting. uh, Why have you decided to go that route? Well, I have seen a lot of theaters and a lot of other organizations where the person running them was just so tight-fisted and didn't want to let go of any of the information or didn't want anybody else to know what was going on. And then when that person suddenly is taken out of the equation, either by health or another job offer or something, that organization is often left to founder for a little while. And none of us wanted that to happen for Music Theater Wichita. We've all worked so hard to build it up into what it is now. And so the board of directors and I started talking about a succession plan many years ago. And I've been looking for the right person or combination of persons. And we really found that with managing director Angela Cassette, who took over the administrative duties from me two years ago. And then this year, we have uh, handed the reins of the artistic things over to Brian J. Markham. Uh, Brian Brian is now the artistic director. And uh, Brian was in our young company back in the 90s when he was in college. And then he went off and had this lovely Broadway career, with six shows, I think, including The Boy from Oz with Hugh Jackman and Spamalot and 42nd Street and The Grousy Chaperone. And he met his wife, Jennifer, who's also a Broadway actress, and they uh, decided to raise their family somewhere other than New York City. So they were teaching in the Midwest when we first encountered Brian, the grown-up, and Brian, the educator, and Brian, the director-choreographer. And we had Brian come do several shows for us starting in 2014. And his manner of working with people and the depth of his skill and his compassion and integrity, all those things just seemed perfect. And this was a family that liked living in the Midwest, which was an important factor, too. So Brian came aboard as an associate, and our pre-COVID plan was that our 2020 season would be the chance that our audiences got to see Brian and me 
working together. Uh, but, uh, of course, the 2020 season had to be canceled. So in that year of non-performances, we created a lot of digital content that went out. And uh, Brian wrote and directed a holiday special that we did for KPTS. And that won an Emmy nomination. And uh, things just went very smoothly once Brian got here. And we had lots of chances to visit about how the organization is run and why we've done things the way we have. But that's not the only way to do things. You know, new ideas are going to be welcome. Anyway, when we reemerged from the pandemic, at least a bit, to do a season in 2021, uh, we introduced Brian as artistic director. I was still producing director, and we put on seven shows this last year, starting as early as April and going all the way into November. And we just finished that, and I think it's just the perfect time for Brian to take the reins, and I'll still be there as needed, but I don't think I'll be needed. I think it's a, just a great choice and a great transition. You grew up in Southern California. How did you wind up in Wichita for three decades? <laughs> well, I uh, I always wanted to be an actor or be in show business, and my folks weren't keen on it. So I was a pre-law major when I went to UC Santa Barbara. And uh, when I graduated, the Vietnam War was still going on. And so I became a Navy officer for three years to serve my country. And they stationed me in San Diego and I, half of the time I ended up overseas, but the half that I was in San Diego, they didn't care what I'd do with my evenings. So I started acting at the Old Globe Theater and started singing in nightclubs and doing TV commercials. And by the time I got out of the Navy, I felt I had at least the beginnings of uh, some credentials that I might pursue this professionally. So I moved up to Los Angeles. I did an episode of MASH and some other things. And I got seen for a Broadway show that was just casting called Good News. And I auditioned it for that in Los Angeles. And they flew me to New York for a second audition. And I got the job. So I worked in New York for a number of years. And in 1986, Music Theater Wichita hired me out of New York to come here to direct Oklahoma and to play Charlie in the musical Where's Charlie. So I did those in 1986. It was my first trip to Kansas. Uh, you couldn't get a drink with dinner. I, I'd never encountered a place <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, you could bring a little brown bag into a restaurant, but did not order a single drink. Not that I had to have a drink with dinner, but I had just never encountered this before. And uh, so I thought I had experienced Kansas, and I thought that would probably be sufficient. And I went back to New York, and the next summer, Music Theater of Wichita, as it was called then, invited me to come back as an actor, but I was playing P.T. Barnum in the musical Barnum on board a cruise ship for four months in the Caribbean. And four months in the Caribbean seemed better than two weeks at the Broadview Hotel. So I did not come back in 1987. But in 1988, I was talking to my predecessor, John Holly, about directing two of the shows in the 1988 season. And suddenly, John tracked me down and called me and said he had just given the board of directors notice that he'd be leaving at the end of the month. And had I ever thought about running a theater, I seemed nice when I was there two years previous. And of such things, uh, 
careers get changed. And I came to Wichita in 1988 for what I thought was going to be one summer, and it was 34 years. <laughs> so when, let's go back a little bit further. When, when and how did you catch that stage bug? What got you, when you were a youngster, what got you interested in that? Well, you know, back when I was a youngster, we did have television. It was black and white in those days. And my mom was a big fan of movie musicals. So if there was one showing on The Late Show, I would get to stay up and see Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers or Jeanette McDonald and Nelson Eddy. And my mom, despite protesting this as a profession for me, was actually quite theatrical. And she sang around the house. And I just was introduced to it kind of organically at home and somehow, you know, there, nobody can explain how people get this bug. It's almost like an evangelical calling. It's like some alien seed pod that just drops on unsuspecting families and they can be, you know, they can be in Pratt, Kansas or Omaha, Nebraska or New York City or Los Angeles. And this kid just feels like they need to pursue this. And I had that feeling and it turns out I had some natural gifts for it since I wasn't really trained but I managed to earn my living in show business now for 50 years and that's that's pretty good it, it really is let's talk about uh, cattle calls I'm I'm certain you probably have been on a few of those the auditions where uh, a lot of people show up to to look at one or two parts How, what is that like Wayne well I, fortunately for me I I, when I went to New York, I went with a leading role in a show that I'd been spotted for. And after that, you have an agent and they send you in for appointments. So I'm, I'm sorry to say, glad to say, I never participated in a cattle oh, call as an actor. How about that? But as a, as a producer, we have had auditions in cities across the country now every year for 34 years I've been participating in or 33, I guess, most of them were canceled in 2020. But uh, they can be dehumanizing. You just have to have the mindset that this is what you're supposed to do. And you have to have a, a kind of unshakable faith that you're meant to do this despite all of the obstacles get thrown at you. Yes, in New York, people can line up the night before, they can line up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, just in the hopes of being seen. And there's something that may be being decreased these days, but they would call it typing out. So an assistant casting director would greet the people at 9 or 8 in the morning when the call was about to begin and walk down the line and just eliminate people based on their look, that they're not the look that the production is looking for. Yeah. And it's it's been known for some actors to run home, change their hair, put on a different outfit, and get back in line and get accepted <laughs> into an audition. Yeah. You know, you just have to be resourceful and you have to keep your ears open for every opportunity that might come your way, every opportunity that there is to be hired. You have to keep just throwing it out there and uh, getting your best self ready for those occasions of the of your acting roles Wayne what was your did you have a favorite was your did you have a favorite acting role well you know I've got thanks to music theater Wichita for the first one I've ended up being in five productions of the Will Rogers Follies playing Will Rogers and it turned out that his philosophy and his way 
treating people is very much in line with what I would aspire to. And I felt that every time I stepped into his boots, I became a little bit better person. Uh, in the Will Rogers Follies for the opening scene, you have to pick up today's newspaper of, of whatever city you're in, the Wichita Eagle or wherever you are. And you pick up that day's newspaper and you read some of the headlines and you riff on them the way Will Rogers would. So you have to steep yourself in his philosophies about religion and politics and human nature and be able to extemporize a bit on what today's news headlines are telling us about the shape of the world. And that's really fun and challenging. And then right after that sequence, you have to throw a rope. You have to try to, you know, lasso yourself. And then it's just sort of a nonstop marathon of costume changes and Pretty soon you're in the last scene and you're singing Never Met a Man I Didn't Like. Mm. And it's a very fulfilling journey for an actor that stays really challenging. And I, I was privileged to do that a lot. So I would have to say that might be my very favorite. But there's a role that's really close to who I am called the Drowsy Chaperone, the name of the show. And the character is just called the Man in Chair. And he's a fellow who lives alone, who listens to old cast recordings and imagines what they look like on stage. And uh, I played that in 2009. That's the last time uh, I did a role at Music Theater Wichita. And I'm doing it again next summer. So that, that, that one fits pretty easily. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations. And our guest is Wayne Bryant, semi-retiring producer-director of Music Theater of Wichita. And uh, uh, how and when did Music Theater start uh, in Wichita? Well, back in 1972... The city had just recently built the Century 2 complex. I think it opened in 1969. And the Wichita Symphony was already well established. And the concert hall in Century 2 was dedicated to them. And they would use it during the months of the school year. But they would take a hiatus during the summer. And there was the desire to find something to fill the summers in the Century 2 concert hall. And they brought in some touring producers who brought in package shows for a couple of summers and I wasn't around then so I don't know the details but they were not a success financially or artistically and some city founders got together and said well you know the symphony's doing really well and it's a locally based organization and why don't we spend the summers doing some lighter kind of entertainment but have it locally based use professional people and use it as an educational entity the same way the symphony does to train young musicians. And so music theater was formed in 1972 with the express purpose of filling the concert hall with reliably consistent entertainment while also providing an educational platform for young college students. Uh, primarily the idea was in Wichita's uh, colleges but it expanded quickly to include Broadway people and uh, universities from all across the Midwest. And uh, it's grown. I think the budget the first year was $100,000, and now it's a $4.2 million budget we need to raise every year. And our attendance, when pre-pandemic, our attendance was 65,000, 70,000 people a summer coming downtown to Century 2. And we provide about 300 jobs every summer, and 
lots of training. And this year, Music Theater Wichita is joining forces with Music Theater for Young People. So we will have some year-round training going on for young people as part of Music Theater Wichita. So we continue to grow, and it's a very, very unique organization that Wichita should be proud of. But we were formed to fill the, the hall at Century 2. What would you like to see happen with Century 2? Well, that has been our only home for 50 years, and we have great, great affection for it. Um, in addition to having performing spaces, Century 2 also provided scenic shops and places we could turn into rehearsal rooms or costume shops. So it's a unique building in that way. Unfortunately, uh, time has really caught up with it, not only in the, uh, the, the lack of maintenance has been unfortunate. So things are breaking down in there on a regular basis. And they're the kinds of things for which replacement parts are not readily available. One elevator broke down, one of the elevators that brings the audience up into the auditorium or down into the basement for the shops. And it broke down and it was out for four and a half months because they had to track down a company who could replicate the oddly shaped elevator shaft and manufacture new parts for something that was built in the 1960s and that is not built anymore. That's just one incident of, of a lot of the things that are very costly to try try to keep running in the building. But the other thing is, when they built Century 2, they built it as this perfect round building, which was very fashionable in the 60s. And so as not to mar its appearance on any side, they chose not to add a loading dock on any side of it, but instead to have a sweetly sloped ramp down into the basement where trucks could come down and bring scenery. And then they have big elevators in the basement that can take equipment up to the stage level. But when they built the building, trucks were only 44 feet long and now they're 53 and a half and they can't make the curve. <laughs> so now anytime a touring show comes to town or we want to bring in um, material from our warehouse in a truck, you have to stop the traffic on Douglas uh, Avenue and back the truck up across Kennedy Plaza and then bring out little ramps to take each piece of scenery or equipment off the truck down a little manual ramp and then push it 350 yards across the exhibition hall or convention hall if one of them is not in use and then bring those little ramps around to the other end push each piece back up onto the stage level and the, the touring companies put Wichita at the absolute bottom of their desirability list of <laughs> shows that they will bring. Oh, wow. And the other disadvantage now is that because it's a round building, all the performing spaces are pie-shaped. So the wide part of the pie is where the audience sits, and then it narrows down to the stage, which is at the point, so that our stages, instead of being rectangular with offstage space, are a little narrow triangle when you get off stage, so you run into a wall very quickly when you leave the stage. So it's very tricky to try to fit scenery. And some shows like Phantom of the Opera have never come because there's just not enough backstage space to accommodate what they need. And I love our new airport. I love our new library. I think the ball stadium looks great. The Interest Arena has been a success. But the performing arts 
brings so much to this city in terms of employment, education, and income that I think Wichita has proven that it deserves to have a new performing arts center, and we desperately need one. Uh, the other the other factor at Century Two is it is the best tornado shelter you ever could build, <laughs> but that means that the walls are so thick you don't get reliable Wi-Fi anywhere in the building. <laughs> okay. And our offices are in there too, and it's really challenging. So, listen, I've, I've, as to I've, what should happen, let me. I'm going to have to hold you down just a little bit, Wayne. Sure, sure. I got one or two more questions I'd like to get in here. Squeeze in here. Uh, what is your experience center? You've been here. Uh, for the better part of uh, your life, I guess, here in Wichita. Uh, what, what do you think about well, this? almost half. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you think about this community? Uh, how's it been to you? The community has been very welcoming to our efforts, and it's a lot of genuinely nice people. I, I, I have been surprised at how outgoing and supportive they've been of the arts. They find something they like, and they really, really support it. And then, of course, there's individuals who've become great friends. So I have found it a very warm and welcoming community. All right. And in the future, are you going to have any challenges staying busy with this uh, this sort of a sort of a consulting job you're doing? You're going to stay busy, aren't you? I don't know. It is it is in my nature to stay busy, and I have had 34 years where my whole year was plotted out for me from the planning of the shows to the talking with the designers to the audition tour to the hiring to the trips music theater which i would take as theater goers to new york to putting on the five shows and selecting all the directors and designers and actors and it has been a non-stop whirlwind of activity for 34 years and i'm just going to give myself a little time to uh find out what's next i don't know what's next well, that sounds like a good plan to me. They say if you retire, you got to stay busy, but it sounds like you'd like to take a couple of days off. That doesn't sound bad at all. Uh, made, just a little while to figure it out. <laughs> figure it out, yeah. But you've made a, many good friends here in Wichita over the years, haven't you? Well, I hope so. I certainly feel uh, welcome there and have enjoyed it. All right. Uh, well, that's about all we've got for you today, but uh, we sure appreciate your time. And Wayne, you have uh, 34 years here in Wichita. Uh, you mentioned John Hawley, and I'd just about forgotten about him, but I remember when he was here, uh, your predecessor. And uh, again, we put on some great shows down there at Century 2, and I, my family and I have been down to see a few of them, and always always good performances and, and great uh, well, thank you. They have a great season planned for next year. Really a wonderful lineup next year. So I hope lots of folks will come see it. Yeah. And, and when you see that on stage, you kind of, sometimes you, you don't realize how many people are behind the scenes working at it to put on good shows <laughs> every year and every season for Music Theater of Wichita. Wayne, uh, best of luck to you in the future. I know whatever you do is going to be a lot of fun because that's the kind of person you are. You're going to look for a way to have fun. And uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being with us, sir. Thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure. Our guest, Wayne Bryan, retiring sort of <laughs> producer, director, <laughs> music theater of Wichita. And again, thank you no for love. being with us, Wayne. That's all for this you edition bet. of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.